Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God which engages us is the gospel lesson read previously. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, imagine with me for a moment that you have just been informed that Jesus and his 12 disciples are coming to your residence in the next couple of hours. What would be going through your mind? I have to clean this place up? I have to vacuum? I have to go to Schnucks or Deerberg's and get some food? Or would you be thinking, boy, that's great. I can't wait to have him teach me all that he possibly can. Well, if your thinking was more on the panicked side of the equation, then you know how Martha felt in our gospel lesson for today. It seems that Jesus, and most think his disciples as well, came to the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, two sisters and a brother. We don't have the background information. We don't know how exactly it happened. But it seems like Mary, Martha, and Lazarus and Jesus became close, personal friends. And Jesus often would stay with them, it seems, because their house was in a small town called Bethany, very convenient to Jerusalem, only about two miles from there. And so, as we see in our gospel lesson for today, Martha is very concerned by, at providing proper hospitality for Jesus and most likely for his disciples as well. We don't know what that hospitality would have entailed. Perhaps it even included preparing a meal for Jesus and for all of his disciples. Now please note, that is not a bad thing. That is not an evil thing. Martha's love for her Savior is shown in the great lengths she goes to provide proper hospitality, something that was valued very highly in the culture of that day. But Luke adds that Martha was distracted by much serving. Now that word for distracted in the original language means actually to be pulled apart from something or torn away from something. In this case, Jesus and his teaching. Mary, on the other hand, stood devoutly at Jesus' feet and was taught by him. Something that was unusual for women of that day, something that was unusual for rabbis of that day, teaching women. Well, the time came when Martha had had enough of her sister, not even lifting a finger to help her. And notice that she draws Jesus into this contention. She doesn't address her sister Mary. Rather, he, she says to Jesus, Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? In the original language, again, that's a question that expects a positive answer. In other words, surely you care that I'm knocking myself out here and my sister is merely sitting at your feet. And then she gives Jesus a command. Tell her to help me. Now notice, 
Jesus does not condemn what she has done. He doesn't ridicule what she has done. He very gently but very firmly says, Martha, Martha, you are troubled and anxious about many things, but only one thing is necessary or one thing is needful. Mary has chosen the better portion, which will not be taken from her. That one thing needful, that better portion, is of course the word of God, or more precisely, being on the receiving end of that word of God. Because it is that word of God that brings us life. We, who were dead in our trespasses and sins, we who, if left to our own devices, would only make matters worse in our relationship with God, and we who could have never figured out on our own God's plan of salvation, we have been given by God the one thing needful, His Word, through which the Holy Spirit has worked to create saving faith in Jesus Christ, with the result that all of our sins are forgiven and we have everlasting life in the presence of God in front of us. As the disciple Peter put it so well, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And just as Mary was able to sit there and receive the teaching of Jesus through that life-giving word, so can we. Reading that word, studying that word, hearing that word proclaimed. But also, just as Martha was distracted, so we too can be distracted at times by many things. And some of those distractions can have the best of intentions, like providing materially for our family, or providing our children with opportunities to enrich and enhance their life in so many different ways, or even serving our neighbor, or even serving our God. All of these things, if not kept in proper perspective, can distract us from that life-giving word itself. And so what do we take away from our gospel lesson for today? Are we being taught that we should give up serving our neighbor, even give up serving God and just sit and read the Word of God and study it day in and day out? Well, of course not. There are numerous passages in the Scriptures that talk about using the gifts that God has given to us to serve Him and to serve our neighbor. But what God is pointing out to us in the Gospel lesson for today is how vitally important that Word of God is. It is his life-giving and life-sustaining words to us. That's why right in his creation, he built in a day for us to step back from all of our busyness and all of our distractions and focus upon that life-giving word. Moses records in Genesis chapter 2 how on the seventh day of creation, God rested, meaning he simply did no work. And he established and made that seventh day holy 
set apart for his use. And then later on, in the third commandment, also recorded by Moses, we hear God describing how his people will remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And many of you probably remember Luther's explanation to that commandment. We should fear and love God that we may not despise preaching in his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Gladly hear and learn it. You know, it would be a mistake if we thought the focus of the gospel lesson for today is Mary and Martha and all of their interaction. The focus of this gospel lesson is none other than Jesus. What he is in that house to do. What he is in that house to bring. He is not there to be served, but to serve. And to bring that one thing needful to that household. It's the same thing he does here in this house of worship. You probably have noticed how each of the worship services that we have that include the reception of Holy Communion are titled Divine Service. And so in our hymnal, we have a Divine Service setting one, setting two, all the way through setting five. They are called Divine Service, not because we are here to serve God, but just the other way around. He is here to serve us with the one thing needful. And today also with his son's body and blood and the forgiveness of all of our sin. Just as he came to the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus to bring the one thing needful, so he does time and time again here in this house of worship. There was another time when Jesus went to the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus and again brought the one thing needful, the word of life. The atmosphere was much different that time because Lazarus had died. In fact, by the time Jesus got to that house, Lazarus had been dead and had been in the tomb for four days. But on that occasion... Martha gave unquestioning wisdom and reference to the fact that she had learned the one thing needful and believed it. Jesus began the conversation trying to encourage her, saying, your brother will rise again. And she responded to him saying, yes, Lord, I know that he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. And then Jesus makes that incredible statement to her. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And then he asks Martha the all-important question. Do you believe this? And Martha responds, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ the Son of the living God who has come into the world. Martha had received and Martha believed the one thing needed. 
And Jesus would go on to bring the word of life in that setting in a shocking way, a dramatic way, as he goes with Mary and Martha out to the tomb of Lazarus. And even though Lazarus has been in that tomb for four days, he commands that the stone in front of the tomb be rolled away and simply calls out, Lazarus, come forth. And out walks Lazarus from that tomb, alive once again. His words bring life wherever they are spoken. And just as Jesus called Lazarus from his tomb to new life, there will come a day when he will call each one of us also from our graves to come forth as well. Just as he called Lazarus to new life, so he will call us to new life, giving us new bodies, glorified bodies, and new life, both body and soul, in God's presence. As Christ himself promises in John chapter 6, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And so this day, God invites us to step back from all of our busyness, all that is troubling and making us anxious, and to sit at the feet of Jesus and to hear his words to us. Words of truth, words of grace, words that tell us of a God who loves us with an everlasting love through his Son, Jesus Christ. Just as he was not a guest but there to serve at the house of Lazarus and Mary and Martha, so he is here not as guest but as host to give us his good gifts, including the one thing needful. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.